Welcome to episode four of the Hub City Homers. This is a special preview we are doing looking directly at the Super Regional. We'll also briefly look back over the regional from this past weekend, what we liked, what we didn't like, um, and then we'll move right into the Super. This should be a shorter episode. We're going to try to keep this jam-packed of content for you guys without being overwhelming since we are just taking a look at the Stanford Cardinal. Uh, but first, like I said, we're going to take a look at the regional. So, Jack, with the regional now finished, Tech cruised through as we kind of all expected. They didn't face too much of a challenge. It wasn't always the prettiest baseball, but it was pretty solid overall. From this weekend, what was the thing that impressed you the most that maybe you weren't expecting to see? Well, I know that it's not going to shock anyone who's a normal listener to our pod, and it's not going to be a shock to either of you two, but uh, my biggest takeaway from this weekend was the bullpen. Uh, That is the best I've seen our bullpen throw all season, and it's really not close. Uh, I think the only other outing you could really compare it to would be Mason Montgomery coming in relief of Micah Dallas in game one of the TCU series. Other than that, that was by far the most impressive bullpen performance I've seen from Tech this season. I believe I saw a stat that said they went 10 and two-thirds, struck out 14, uh, gave up three walks, and only allowed one run. And that is by far the best I've seen them throw all season. I will clear the air. And I guess I'll do this for Macon as well. I'll, I'll let him talk when it comes up to him, but uh, I will eat my words. I did get nervous on Sunday or yes, yeah, Sunday when the Red Raiders brought in Andrew Devine to pitch and he pitched a scoreless inning and he pitched very well, and it looked like the 2019 Andrew Devine, which makes me very happy if he can get back to his uh, groove from 2019 because he was phenomenal in 2019. He just hasn't really had it this year, but it looked like 2019 Andrew Devine pitching on Sunday. Another thing that uh, really made me excited for this Tech team is the performances from not necessarily your stars, your role players. Uh, you had big games, especially on Sunday from Easton Morrell. You had big games from Kurt Wilson, who obviously hasn't been, uh, you know, on or playing recently because of his broken thumb. Kurt Wilson got the most outstanding player of the regional. Uh, Parker Kelly had a massive RBI double against Army in game one. And, you, you know, you just have players that aren't normally in the spotlight chipping in like that. That's a great sign moving forward. So those are the two things that uh, really, really caught my eye. And uh, I'll pass it off to y'all to, to what y'all thought about it. But in my opinion, that was that was probably the best three-game set that I've seen Tech play all season. Yeah, I'll roll right off of that and agree with you. I was obviously not expecting to coast through those three games as easily as we did I didn't expect us to lose at any point, but I didn't. Uh, I didn't think the back end of games were going to be as as, uh, as smooth as they were, especially with how our bullpen has been recently. Um, you know, you got guys like Divine and uh, and Kurt Wilson that made that made jumps in their 
in their performance. Now, Kurt Wilson hadn't played in a while, but having a guy like him in, at the end of your lineup like that's going to be huge going down the road uh, if he can continue to perform that way. Um, same with Easton Morrell. That's, uh, those, those two guys are game changers for you if, if you're able to keep them hot. Um, I know Parker Kelly's not really much of a hitter. Uh, he did come through with that one big RBI double in Army against Army. But uh, he's 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 going to be in there for defense primarily, which is all right. I mean, um, if you take him out of the out of the light, we have hitters one through eight who had I mean a pretty solid weekend all the way around hitting the ball. Um, and then another thing, our our starters did well. All three of them went five six deep at least. Um, and I mean, we haven't had a weekend where all three of them did pretty well. Really, uh, usually one of them struggles at some point and has to get taken out earlier than they need to be. Um, so I think that was huge. I mean, in terms of the problems that we've had all year, we we didn't see that come to the limelight and hardly at all this weekend, which is a first. And, I mean, that's that's the best time to not have really many issues during the season, rolling right into the uh, postseason. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to play your best baseball, you want it to be now. Uh, you definitely want to feel like the team's coming together, that you know what can be fixed has been, and that's kind of what you saw this past weekend. The bullpen has been a problem all season. They were the best they'd ever been. The starters struggled to consistently put together um, shutdown innings, and they largely did. I think the most earned runs they gave up was two. Um, from them, and I think all of them went at least six in the three starts, including a surprise appearance. Well, I guess it wasn't a surprise to some, but it was a bit to us to see Chase Hampton come in and throw game one. He was phenomenal. Uh, Monteverdi was a little shaky, but he was still strong enough to get himself out of jams. Montgomery was the same way. When he faced uh, trouble, they were able to get out of it. He was able to get out of it, and that's all you ask is your bullpen's pitching the best it can, and the starters are throwing their most consistent innings now. Because, you know, we're not suddenly going to find an overwhelming ace. Micah Dallas being able to move back into the pen and come out in relief to close out games is a huge benefit. And that speaks to what Chase Hampton's been able to do. Because Micah going to the pen adds another arm that you can rely on besides sublet to really get your, uh, yourself out of a jam if you needed to. And that, that was a great development as well. But, yeah, you're not going to suddenly develop a guy who's throwing or suddenly show up with a guy who's throwing 100. You want your players to perform at their maximum potential. So like Jack said, with Divine, I mean, that was a guy that we, we were talking in the chat when it happened about why would you go to a guy who all year at every appearance had been awful. And then he comes out and he throws maybe his best inning at Tech. I mean, he was phenomenal in his brief appearance. It looked like he was getting back to form. And that's what you want because if he's going to pitch like that, if they're going to pitch consistently, Tech's good enough defensively and is good enough offensively that you're going to be in every game as long as they're just consistent. You're not. You don't have a guy like Cops. You know, Sublet's probably the closest you have to somebody like that who's really going to go out and just dominate an appearance. But put the ball in play, give up one or two runs, but don't walk six batters. Don't. Don't fall apart if something doesn't go your way. When they faced jams, they got out of it. They threw strikes. Everybody, we kept the walks down. Everybody just kept it together. Hilariously enough, a guy who's been consistent all year actually struggled the most. Fulford was not good this weekend. 
multiple balls chucked into the outfield. That was a big surprise. But getting Kurt Wilson back was a huge positive. And I'm just assuming Fulford got into his head. Once you make that mistake once, it's easy to keep making it. Uh, but he wasn't great. So if everybody else looks like they were the cut, they were kind of finding it, pulling it together. Kurt Wilson joins the lineup. He's Mr. June. I mean, he's just an incredible postseason baseball player. So it looks like Tech is coming to form. If Fulford can just clean up his mistakes, you're going you're gonna to be okay. You're at least going to be competitive. Nobody's going to be able to blow you out. The first team, though, that will definitely be attempting to blow you out is going to be the ones from this weekend. They're the next stop on the road. It's the Stanford Cardinal. They are coming back to play Tech. They played in 2020, and I believe the Round Rock Classic. Tech won that game handily. It's an entirely different team, um, a, probably a far better team. And you're going to catch them at home, thanks to Tech sneaking in as the eighth seed. Tech has been damn near unbeatable at Dan Law over the last few years. But Stanford's got a good squad, and in Game 1, they are almost certainly going to throw their ace. I'd be surprised to see them not. Um, Jack, can you tell us about the best Stanford has to offer from its pitching staff? Uh, Brendan Beck. He comes in uh, with an 8-1 and record, has started 13 games, appeared in 14, so he came in as a reliever and won. He has two complete games on the year. Uh, he's thrown 93 innings. He's struck out 115 batters in 93 innings. Opponents are hitting 193 against him. Uh, his whip is .95. And from what I gather, he is their ace, obviously. And judging by the rest of the staff, there's not much after him. It's kind of like a similar thing that we saw with North Carolina this past weekend. Uh, you know, they have that one starter who has a potential to throw a complete game two hitter or something like that. But after that, they're kind of shallow. Uh, I'm not going to disrespect this team because obviously they're in the super regional. So they're in the top 16 in the country. They are only one seed behind Texas tech. And, they're a little, I guess they kind of they're coming in kind of like they have a chip on their shoulder from not getting to host a super. I can kind of understand where they're coming from, but I kind of don't at the same time. Uh, if you look at a picture of the Big Twelve standings and the Pac Twelve standings side by side, they are Texas Tech from the Pac Twelve. They finished third. They finished two and a half games back. And they still got the ninth seed. So, you know, as much hate as Tech got for getting the eighth seed, these guys really didn't get any hate at all for being so high, but they were pretty much the exact same team on paper. Uh, you, Tech has a deeper starter starting uh, rotation by a little bit. Uh, I'm looking at some individual game stats here. Uh, when he pitched against UC Irvine in the regional on the 5th, so that would have been Saturday. When he pitched against them on Saturday, he went seven innings, gave up seven hits, two runs, both of them earned, walked two, struck out nine. His lowest strikeout total of the year, he did start against Fresno State. 
He only threw one inning, gave up three hits, two runs, struck out three. He got all three outs via the strikeout in that one. But, you know, you see pretty much he's consistently from the 7 to 10 range in strikeouts in all of his outings. So this guy has some some solid uh, pitching, you know. He's got some solid pitches that he throws. Uh, easily their ace. He is a he is a senior, so experienced guy knows his way around an outing. It's not a f- true freshman that's just you know getting the hang of things. But this is a guy that uh, you know he will present a tough challenge for Tech, uh, you know, and you you got to respect him. You have to because you don't get 115 strikeouts over 93 innings just on a whim, you know. So I think Stanford's a great baseball team. Nobody makes it this far being a bad one. You know, there's no bad teams left. There's nobody who, you know, should have got in, shouldn't have got in, whatever the case. Anybody who makes it to the Super Regional, it's just like making it to the Sweet 16 in, in basketball. At some point, you stop worrying about the rankings. But when you look at Stanford, they were a good team. Do I think Tech is a better team? Yeah, and I think it's it's a pretty wide gap. I, I, I think especially from what we saw with the regional, which, to be fair, you know, it's not guaranteed Tech performs like that. Again, we haven't seen a bunch of consistency from Tech. Uh, They put together great performances and then really fallen apart immediately after. However, if Tech plays at its best, it's, it's not going to be likely that Stanford is able to bullpen their way past Tech two out of three games. I don't know if Tech can beat their ace. We didn't face UCLA's um, best stuff, and we haven't faced the most dominant ace at his 100%. I think the the only equivalent that Tech has faced lately um, would have been Ty Madden from Texas, who may or may not have been hurt. I I don't know if that was just an excuse or, or what the situation was, but that he would have been the best. Tech hit him pretty hard, but this is going to be the best pitcher at least for a while that Tech has faced. Um, but after him, when you look at Stanford's bullpen, you look at how they choose to pitch. I don't think if Tech plays well, they're going to lose at Dan Law to that team twice. You may not be good enough to get past their best pitcher. If he's on the top of his game, I don't know how Tech will perform. But it's the thing about a three-game series, you do have to win twice. And I don't think if Tech can just keep it together, I don't think Stanford can get by you. However, what's interesting about the Super Regional format with Stanford coming to Lubbock that I think will make this a bit more challenging for Tech is you are going to have to dig into your bullpen if you can't get past Stanford in Game 1. You're going to have to reach even further back than you did for this Regional because in this Regional, we were pitching guys for fun because the starters did a really great job and got you deep enough into games where you only had to let guys run a couple of innings. If you get, if you fail to get past Stanford in the in game one, you're likely going to have to dig deeper and let guys have longer outings. Um, guys like Sublette may or may not go in game one. You know, how long are you going to run him? It starts to become more of a how, how do you manage your guys' innings? Because once you're on the verge of an elimination, because that best of, of three gives you a little bit of cushion. It's the same thing with the double elimination format in the regional. 
in game one, we were throwing guys just because. Chase Hampton pitched so that Micah Dallas could come into the pen because the assumption being Chase Hampton's good enough to get past Army. And we, we can afford to just throw whoever the hell else in relief and it'll be fine. But against a team like Stanford, you have to win game one. And if you don't, you're going to be, in, you're going to have to do some serious inning management. Um, so it, it, it's like all of baseball. It's, it's how do you manage your pitching? How deep can your pin take you? We aren't that concerned about the bats. So Reed, when you're looking at game one and beyond of the super regional, who's the guy out of text lineup that has to step up the most besides Jace Young, who's the easy answer. Who, who's the guy at a text lineup that has to step up the most in a big way in order for Tech to offensively be able to, to secure a regional victory? Yeah, I think there's obviously a few guys that you could look at in that situation. Um, obviously, in your leadoff spot, Drew Baker's batting with the best average on the team. Uh, you, you expect him to have a good series no matter who you're playing against. Um, same with Jace Young, really, about your top four guys. You'd kind of hope for that, maybe top five depending on how they got it uh, lined up with Conley and uh, Stillwell. But uh, really, my oddball to me is going to be Kurt Wilson. Um, we saw what inserting him in the lineup did for you this weekend. Uh, if he's able to do that, I mean, down the stretch, in, in the eight hole or seven, wherever Tadlock ends up throwing him, um, I mean, that's going to be huge for the back end of your lineup. Because uh, like I said, you know, Parker Kelly's usually going to bat nine and he's not somebody you rely on to, to drive in runs or necessarily to, even to get on base, uh, you know, a majority of the time. Um, if you if you get somebody on on the bags at eight, and he's got great speed um, and then you bring up the top of your lineup right behind him. That's really going to help uh, secure some some late runs for you, uh, at least you know, make, make the pitching staff worried about people on the back end uh, other than the top four guys you got in your lineup. Um, there's a lot of things uh, that Tadlock can do with pitching, too, that I think it'll help. Um, it'll be interesting to see who he rolls with on Friday to match with their ace. I'm not really sure his ideology with pitching, especially recently. He's thrown some guys that were questionable to us, but obviously ended up working out okay. So he gets, he gets paid the big bucks to figure that out, so we'll – We'll see what he does there. What I think is funny about Tadlock's bullpen decisions, because personally, I'm not a fan of throwing guys for an inning and then not throwing them again. I, I don't really get that, especially when they Divine had his best outing by far. That the, the, Those batters he faced, that he had never looked better. I would have liked to see, okay, let's give him one more. You know, let's actually test him in this situation and see, is he going to be reliable down the stretch? Cause all I know for certain is he was able to get three guys out. I have no idea if that means anything long-term. So I, I always question it, but dad like it's paid. And like Reed said, Tadlock is paid a ton of money. He's going to be making even more now to make these kind of calls. So as long as, even if I'm right, and these aren't necessarily the world's greatest baseball decisions and the guys are just kicking ass and making it look good, who really cares? As long as, as long as it works. What's funny this weekend is it is going to be 105 degrees in Lubbock. It is going to be unbelievably hot by the time the game rolls around due to the world's worst TV scheduling luck for anybody who's going to be there. These games are all played in the middle of the afternoon and won't be over until the hottest part of the day has passed. Weather's weather, but it is something to say that it is by far and away going to be the most miserable environment Stanford 
has played in in a very long time, um, especially not this year. So you have to think that helps Tech. It's just one more part of the the fun of a home field advantage. Nobody likes that heat. Tech's probably a little bit more used to it. So all that, the weather aside, we Tech has been so dominant at Dan Law. Jack, how surprised would you be to see Tech lose a home series even to a team like Stanford in a Super Regional? Uh, I think you make a great point about the weather. I was watching that winner-go-home game on Monday night, and I was had the privilege of taking over the Twitter account for our pod, interact with some people while we were all watching this game, watching that game. And I had a back and forth with a couple of fans about the fact that fans in the stands and players on the bench in the dugouts were wearing hoodies. And I said, and someone, you know, DM'd uh, the Twitter account and said, you know, when was the last time that you saw someone wearing hoodies in the dugout in June? And I said, well, they can leave the hoodies in California when they come to Lubbock next week because it's going to be hot. And the whole aspect of the thing is, yeah, it's a crappy, it's a crappy TV schedule. You look down the road in Austin, UT has all of their games starting at 8 p.m. And, you know, am I shocked that UT is going to get those 8 p.m. slots? No, because they're UT. I think that Tech could have been the number two overall seed, and UT could have snuck in at 8. And guess what? I'm pretty sure UT would still get the 8 p.m. TV slot. Regardless, I think that it would be shocking to me if Stanford came in here and won this Super not because of their talent, because they have it, and not because of their coaching, because they have a great coaching staff. I think that this environment is going to be pretty damn miserable for them, if I'm honest. You got triple-digit temps, which they haven't seen. You have a full-packed stadium. They have not played in a full stadium all season in California. You got to remember that. They still have all their COVID restrictions out there. So they haven't played in front of a full stadium. They might have when they when they traveled to Arizona, but I'm not even sure about that. So you know, this is a full stadium and it's going to be 105 degrees and with that turf, it's going to feel more like 130 cuz that turf just reflects heat with all those black rubber pellets on there. I don't know if y'all remember a couple years back that they had the infamous cleat melting game. There were players that were actually having to change cleats during the middle of the game in June because it was so hot that the surface was actually melting the bottom of their plastic cleats. But I don't think it'll get that hot this time, but it'll still be warm. And yeah, you know, people are going to complain about it, whatever. I think it suits tech a lot better than it suits them. Absolutely, I do. Tech will be a lot more used to it. Um, we'll see how much it affects them, but you know, it, it's definitely going to be there, and they're definitely going to be sweating for sure. Well, what I think is funny about the TV schedule, and it could just like the, the, this is just like the pitching thing. It could it could be a personal preference for how I choose to watch or like view decisions from the bullpen. It's the same way how I'm interpreting 
the the stuff we're hearing from ESPN's broadcasting teams, the schedules, what I see uh, nationally with coverage, it it feels like, and it could just be that Tech's done this so often, people are used to it, but it just feels like Tech is is really struggling to draw attention to itself right now. It it, it I'm not saying you can really disrespect a top eight national seed. You know, you you can't. It's not possible to do. You got the top eight national seed. But there is a sense that I think that because Tech got it over Notre Dame, that they're at least from my perspective, that there's more of a of a of a disdain for how Tech is moving through the postseason. And like I said, it it could just be me, my interpretation, but no one nationally really paid any attention to the game. ESPN put it on ESPN three basically the entire weekend. I don't maybe one game ended up uh, actually being able to be broadcast on one of the the, the, the uh, cable channels. Um, and then now we're turning around, and it's the hottest part of the year. It's going to be the hottest weekend in the year, which they did know. And Tech is scheduled an eight v nine. Now there are great matchups in this super. There's also in this super weekend. There's also not, and they're also staggered. So the, the start times are you have a Friday where there's only the four super games being played, and Tech draws the two o'clock slot, and it's going to be played on I think ESPN three again. I, I so I I don't know what to make of it all. I'm just saying that there. To me, it feels like there is a little bit of disdain for the fact that Tech was a top eight national seed, and there's a little bit of either expectation that this is what they always do, or or disrespect towards well, why would we really care about Tech still? I don't know what the what the situation is, but I, I've gotten some interesting vibes with how ESPN's treated Tech this regional and how the national media has treated Tech this regional heading into the Super. It could all be in my head, fully a possibility. But Tech is so good and has been so good for the last few years, it's being not noticed by people who aren't really paying attention. But this is easily one of the better stories left in the Super. Tech lost everybody, uh, two of its best pitchers, uh, two of its best relievers, and it's still able to drag itself into a national seed and into the Super. So I, I, I would have thought we'd get more attention. I think that this is Tadlock's best coaching job. I thought it would be a better story. I thought people would have enjoyed it a bit more and that really hasn't happened. And like, it could all be an illusion that I'm making up because I like to look for reasons that people are disrespecting tech, but I don't know. That's just my, my two cents on that. I don't think you're wrong in that at all. In that sense at all. You know, I think I was shocked by the, just the blatant disrespect of the fact that you're going to put our regional final game on ESPN three. Like we're a top eight national seed. We are one of the top eight teams in the country. And whether you think so or not, it's the truth. The seating's done. It can't be changed. So how are you going to put a regional final game on ESPN3 when you have other games that are between 12 seeds and 3 seeds in that regional on ESPN2? I don't understand it. And I think, yeah, some of it has to do with the fact that some of these teams are in the SEC. And yeah, the ballpark has a great atmosphere. You know, they're, the ballparks in the SEC seat 15,000 people, which is absurd for a college baseball game. Because, you know, we're used to packing the house and it's, you know, 4,700 people. 
So the fact that you got 11,000, 12,000 people watching this game or at this game, is they're crazy. The atmospheres are nuts. But still, that takes away, I mean, it doesn't take away the fact that Texas national seed, it's, it's, it is blatant disrespect. And, you know, like I said, I, Texas is playing South Florida in their regional, in their super. South Florida came up to Lubbock earlier this year and got run-ruled in a game. And we beat them all. We almost run-ruled them a second and third time. So I don't exactly know what the process goes into picking these games and see, you know, what channel they're on. The Tech games are going to be on ESPNU. But they're at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday. I mean, okay, if you're going to sneak a, sneak a peek at work, okay. But, you know, I just don't understand it. I really don't. And, you know, Texas is – Texas. I'm going to be frank here. No disrespect to South Florida. The season they've had and making it to the Super is very special and all the props to them. Texas is on a cakewalk to Omaha. They will not be challenged by South Florida. South Florida couldn't challenge us. They're definitely not going to challenge Texas. So why do you need to put it in prime time Friday, Saturday? You don't. You're doing it because it's Texas, and for once you're getting it on ESPN and not the Longhorn Network. That's my thoughts on it. And I'll I'll, kind of push it ahead a little bit. Um, You know, Tech has... A very good opportunity to win this uh, super. Uh, you know, they've had, like I said, great performance in the regular regional. And looking at even their offensive side of the ball, they have three guys hitting over 300, but all of them are under 315. I don't really see any hitters on this roster that jump out and wow me. I mean, the three guys that are hitting over 300, yeah. Um, they got three guys over, or three guys in double digits, home runs. This, to me, this roster almost looks identical to Tech. We might have one more starter that can go the distance. All of the hitters have similar stats, other than the fact that we have Jace Young, who's just going off and has been all year. Um, other than that, you know, this I this could be a really good series. It could also be a route. You know, it it just depends on which tech team shows up, and I firmly believe that. Yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting, to say the least, uh, determining determining who gets who gets pitched when, um, and when they get pitched, how they decide to show up. Um, pretty much every guy that's pitched this year. It's at a very, very, very low and very, very high at some point during the season. Um, just imagine getting everybody on their highs at the same time uh, so the team can click and, and move on. Um, I really don't know much about Stanford in terms of uh, how they've done this year. Uh, based off what Jack said, we, I mean, we sound pretty even. I would say in terms of a general idea, we have – a little bit better of a baseball conference in the Pac-12. Uh, this season, maybe not as good as, as other years, but um, I think we played some more stiffer competition at certain points in the season, especially with that opening series in Arlington. I know it didn't perform well, but we still 
got some good experience that not many other teams were able to get. Um, I think stuff like that's going to help you moving on between the Super uh, and Omaha if we're able to get there. Uh, I I can see Friday being an issue with uh, with the, the ace getting thrown. Um, if if our bats aren't going well, it may be hard for us to to keep pace with them if if they're getting runs off of us. Um, but I mean, other than that, I'm really not super concerned. The only time I've ever really seen us crumble in a, in a regional or super regional was when we lost to Sam Houston State a few years back, and I, I don't really see that happening again for for a while unless we really just get a, a bad draw for either one of those uh, postseason dates in, in, uh, in Lubbock. Um, but, man, man, overall, I think we're going to be fine. Really, we, we just have a good solid performance from our pin, from our starters. I know um, that the bats are going to be fine. They'll give you at least, you know, five to six, hopefully, pretty much every game, if not more. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but – um, in Tadlock, we trust. So, so we are rounding up the end of this uh, little show. I just said we'd keep this one a bit shorter in order to allow you guys to, to digest an individual team preview since uh, we're now closing in the postseason. The Omaha, if Tech were to make it to Omaha, the, the College World Series version of the preview would be back to a full hour to take a look at the field. But since this is a shorter, um, since we've only got Stanford, I figured we'd keep it shorter. Feel free to let us know if you liked the shorter episodes or didn't like them. Um, either way is fine. I'd love to know which way people prefer. Do you prefer to listen to an hour? Or you prefer to listen to 30 minutes? So some people like the hour, but it's not necessarily that easy to cram into everybody's everyday life. I'd be, I'd be curious to know which format people like more. The last thing I'll say before closing this out is just I expect Tech to win. I expect Tech to win 2-0. I, I think that if you play your best baseball, Stanford is not good enough to beat you. They're a good team. Don't get me wrong. No, Like I said earlier, nobody's bad who gets this far. But I think Tech is just – if Tech is just now finding itself, Tech is probably the third or fourth best team in the country. Uh, because he and, – and maybe even closer to you know that two spot. If, if you're playing your best baseball, which remains to be seen if that's going to continue. But I think that – you know what? Why not be optimistic? We're, we're, we're Let's go ahead and call it. I think Tech is going to finally be able to put together two weekends in a row of just dominant baseball. And I think Tech may not cruise through both of these games like they kind of did this weekend, but I think Tech is able to get both W's and get out of Dodge and head off to the the, the, the sunny hills of, of, of Nebraska um, and have a great time in Omaha. How Whatever the case, you will hear from us either after the regionals celebrating – or after the regional horrifically depressed, I tend to think it's going to be the former. And I think everybody else here thinks we're going to be celebrating afterwards. But you will hear from us again. We'll record one more uh, uh, kind of out-of-order episode in order to either preview Omaha or look back. And we're gonna, I'm going to go ahead and bring us home. It's been a pleasure talking to you guys. Jack and Reed, thanks for being here. Kendall couldn't be with us again. Uh, hopefully we can have him on next time. He prefers talking about basketball anyway, so th th that's kind of why – He's been MIA for the baseball talks, but he will be back for our next basketball episode. We're working on some really special things. Hopefully we get to share them with you guys. And Reckham, keep an eye out for episode five coming up, hopefully, in another week.